Welcome to Superposition, the show where we examine multiple perspectives on each topic. I'm your host, Seed, and I'm Hansen. Today, we dive into the topics of religion, morality, and living life with and without faith. We're joined by our talented friend Garrett, who is an engineer, musician, and a practicing Christian. Enjoy the show. Happy Easter! Today we have a special guest, Garrett. Garrett, can you tell us a little bit about yourself? Hi, guys. Yeah, I'm Garrett.、Uh, so I'm an engineer, mechanical engineer.、I、work for a lighting controls company, and I'm also Christian. So that's the that's the main reason why we're here today, right? Just so, so happens to be. Just so happens to be. Yep. Uh, so you know, kind of my background with my faith is that I play piano for church. I'm a musician, and you know that's kind of how I've been involved with church for the past long time, at least ten years or so. Been involved with church pretty pretty heavily through music. You know, I grew up Catholic, and I'm still,、uh, I guess you would say, practicing Catholic. Although COVID does make that a little bit more complicated. Haven't really been inside churches as much, but、um, I'm certainly an active Christian. And by the way, for our listeners, Garrett is a very talented musician, and I'm not only saying that because he's a close friend of mine.、Um, definitely check it out. I'm going to drop a link to his social media down below. Yeah, shameless plug. Thanks, Hanson. Yeah, I can I can attest to that more objectively.、Uh, he's definitely very good. I don't know. Seed has a strange obsession with with Garrett. I'm a little worried about it. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it goes by the name Citizen Sky、uh, on Spotify. It's pretty good. Check it out. Thanks, guys. So first, I want to ask you guys about how religion,、uh, like, what kind of role religion plays in your lives.、Uh, why don't we start with、um, Garrett?、Um, so religion is—it's definitely important to me. I'm the kind of person who who likes to go to church when I can when I can be involved in the service. But most of my faith really comes from me just you know praying before I go to bed at night. You know. It's a much more subtle and underlying aspect of my life than it is something that's like very, very forward. Right, a lot of people tend to be, you know, the kind of Christians who are in your face about it. Everyone should be Christian, right? And and I, you know, that would be great, right? But I'm not, I'm not quite that sort of a of a Christian. So yeah, I mean, that's kind of how has religion affected our lives, right? It's um, it's just kind of an underlying part of of what I do. Yeah, that's、uh, really interesting,、uh, and love to. Dig deeper into that,、uh, but before we do, I want to ask Seed about his background and you know how religion has played or hasn't played a role in Seed's life. So I guess the closest thing I had to a religion is probably Taoism.、Uh, so Taojiao in Chinese,、uh, it's a、uh, I guess the only homegrown religion for China.、Uh, but for me, it's more philosophy. So when I was in middle school, I was kind of depressed. Um, during them,、uh, for a lot of reasons we don't have to dig into, but、um, Taoism became my outlet in a lot of things. And the, I guess the main theory or the main theme for for Taoism is there's no good. Everything is relative, right? So the opening statement for Taoism is、uh, "Dao ke dao fei chang dao, ming ke ming fei chang ming," which means if there's a theory or 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 any、um, if there's anything you're speaking about, it's not the truth. Uh, if there's anything you try to describe, it's not the fact.、Uh, 
uh, which you know contradicts itself because we're talking about DAO <laughs> right now. So uh, there's a lot of that going on in, in, in the philosophy, and that's something I uh, hold dear to. I even wrote a book with my with my father about Taoism um, back in China. Um, but I don't think for me it's a religion. Uh, at least it's not a organized religion, more of a philosophy. Um, later in my life, I met a girl who um, who was religious, uh, who was Christian to be specific, and uh, I guess I tried to um, I tried to convert myself. Actually, there was a period of time I was really trying uh, to believe in this, but um, I guess I never managed to uh, give up my pride in rational thinking, and and, and um, I just couldn't really take a leap of faith, uh, literally. Um, yeah, so I guess that's how um, religion affected me. I guess I can share a little bit about my experience with, with religion. I will say that it's a little bit similar with Seed's experience because uh, at least the China we grew up in, uh, a lot of Western countries would describe as atheist, right? From, a, from an education perspective, from a government uh, perspective, religion is not... A requirement it's not built into anything right like for example i think uh in the u.s you still put your hand on the bible when you're sworn into office as president right. uh, in a lot of official positions you right. still swear to the bible when you go to court and testify uh and you you know uh weddings a lot of ceremonies and everyday things are uh clearly religiously influenced yep. whereas in china it's it's much the opposite where almost everything is much more atheist Right. And religions can exist, but it's very much an elective. It's very much uh, like, well, if you want to learn about it, you can. But we're not going to teach uh, too much about religions other than like the basics and its significance in history. Right. It's more of a outside in perspective. Uh, I do know a few people that are religious, uh, largely because they were uh, like born into religious families and they, you know, continue that tradition. But that's not in not in everyday life. Yeah, one small point is I think there are still a lot of rituals uh, going on in, in Chinese daily life uh, without us even knowing it. But I don't think they have a religious context to it. Um, things like, you know, you go to the temple to pray for something, but it's not really because you have a faith in this religion, but just because that's the ritual you do. Um, <laughs> so there's a lot of things like that. Yeah, there's aspects of spirituality throughout the Chinese culture as well, right? Like we yeah. we commemorate the dead by burning incense, and right. it's the same thing we do for for gods, right? Like we burn incense. We, um, <laughs> it's pretty funny to me to this day. Uh, we burn like paper money. We burn <laughs> fake houses and yeah, BMWs, and funny. you know uh, the belief is that whatever you cremate uh, makes it over to the underworld, so that your your past relatives can take advantage of it, though I'm quite concerned about the hyperinflation in that world based on the amount of uh, you know, <laughs> money we've burnt them. Um, but yes, there there's definitely plenty of ceremonies, rituals, and um, you know spirituality, I think, in Chinese culture. Uh, it's another really common thing, as he was mentioning before, people would go to temples and burn incense and pray for all kinds of things. Good luck, um, good test scores. That's a really common one, right? Parents, money. kids would go to... Right. Um, it's pretty interesting stuff. I, I think a lot of people are spiritual. I would say I am a little spiritual because like it's you can't know what you can't know. You know, it's a very rational thing to say <laughs> that there is a boundary to what we can know and that our frankly very primitive brains may not be able to make sense of everything out there. Like what is yeah. 
I think it's a little silly to think that we can make sense of everything and whatever we can't understand must not exist. Yeah, the, I love the expression, magic is the science that we have yet to explain. Yeah, I like you know? that. Garrett, this is a topic that I expect you to have maybe a little bit more uh, exposure to than see to myself. Um, mm -hmm. Christianity is politicized. It's not new, but it is very politicized in the U.S. Um, and it's really interesting how conservative or liberal in the U.S. political sense people use the same belief, which is Christianity, to justify what seem quite contradictory to each other, different uh, stances on issues. Yeah, it's pretty frustrating um, to see that. All right, I think if we had to say in a nutshell, why is this happening? I think it's taking a lot of things out of context. All right, so if you think about Christianity, Christianity is you know, based on the Bible. And the Bible, it's got dozens and dozens of different people that have written these things. You know, Old Testament is its own can of worms. New Testament, you know, you've got Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. You've got the other disciples. You have um, all these different, you know, all these different people that were involved in Jesus's life that wrote these stories down. Right? So the gospel, which is really the story of Jesus, is written completely by, by all four of those guys. Right? And I haven't read the whole Bible, and someone may very well you know, comment on this podcast. Like, that's not 100% accurate. But the point is that there's a, there's a whole bunch of stories um, about Jesus that were written down by the different people who were with him. And so even within those stories, there are some small discrepancies. Right. When you have people who spend their entire lives studying the Bible and they're looking at the meaning in every single word and you have the same story that's told with different words, you can get some differences out of something that simple. Right. So then you take the broader Bible and you take these things out of context. And that's that kind of results in some of these discrepancies that we see in, you know, the politicization of Christianity. Yeah. It, and it certainly is. It seems like a very valuable political tool right to be a little bit cynical uh, when you're trying to motivate a large amount of people mm -hmm. leveraging existing beliefs seems to be a shortcut uh to to justify whatever you're trying to do yep um i have a few specific examples the first first one is fiscal responsibility uh what does the bible really say on some of these issues yeah it's very interesting so the the politicization aspect let's go with that first right so um conservatives often you know they will they will donate privately right they will donate to their church they'll donate to organizations um but they don't like the redistribution of wealth you know in things like our you know like a universal health care or something like that right that's universal what's the difference there is it is it that the government shouldn't be the one to make the choice of how to distribute your wealth and you should be able to make that choice that's kind of as kind of your fine line, right? I mean, it doesn't it doesn't make a whole lot of sense when you look at a lot of the stuff that Jesus says about wealth, right? There's there's one pretty well known scripture about the the rich young ruler, and what he does is he you know he goes up to Jesus and he says like, hey Jesus, have you know I'm following all these rules that you laid out for us, right? Because uh, you know we've got We've, there's all the Hebrew rules and then you have like the ancient, the 10 commandments kind of stuff. Right. And he's like, Hey, I'm, I'm doing a pretty good job. Like what else, what else should I do? And Jesus is like, give away all of your possessions, everything, give away everything 
and then and there's lots of other passages you know talking about like when someone is hungry giving them food when someone is naked giving them clothes and what you've done to the least of these people right is something that you've done for for Jesus basically those are what i hear when i think of the things that are broadly applicable from fiscal responsibility and so that basically says don't accumulate wealth give away your wealth give it to people who need it and just just follow me follow jesus right that's like what jesus says he's like give away all your possessions and just focus and devote your entire life to the faith that said where do you draw the line between you know okay so you're giving to the church versus you're giving to the government um this redistribution of wealth who gets it who is in need right i need to support my family versus i need to support someone who's you know quote unquote lazy or something like that right i it, so you start to get into these details and it's very easy to take something like one of the 10 commandments thou shalt not steal and say oh well the the government is stealing from me by by using an improper distribution or a distribution of resources i don't agree with and that's like when you take some things out of context so there are there are lots and lots of passages about fiscal responsibility but typically the broad picture is just give everything away especially to people in need sometimes i wonder how jesus would be received if he were to give a speech in congress today yeah he might sound like a hipster um <laughs> i was gonna ask you this question guards um mm -hmm. if i may i might sound uh arrogance or, or ignorance um no, that's fine go for uh, it but like one thing I often wonder is, um, like you said, right? There's so many vagueness in the teaching of, of Jesus or any religion, even even um, for for Muslims, um, because you know there are so many different different sets of the of the churches, the different interpretation of the Bible. That creates a lot of problems, right? Uh, at the worst case, that creates walls between <laughs> different nations. So. Mm -hmm. If there is a true interpretation of the, God's words, why, why hasn't God just came down here and uh, you know simplified things for us? Um, if the, if there's really a teaching that is good for humanity, why hasn't there just be one? Um, is this a test? Like from from your, I, I'm not trying to be um, sarcastic, just like genuinely asking, mm -hmm. as a Christian uh, yourself, like do you wonder like why hasn't uh, Jesus just clarified things for us uh, yet. Um. Yeah. Yeah, that's a, that's a really good question. And um, I've, I've thought about that a little. I think that something I've thought a little bit more about is why is evil allowed to happen? You could say that God allows bad things to happen. God allows suffering. God allows these, you know, natural disasters. Yeah. And things like that that are bad and obviously there's wars there's famines there's disease and uh it's like why why does why does that happen i think that it sort of presents an opportunity to to counter it right so an opportunity to perform acts of service and acts of good right yeah. and we we all have free will right so as long as we have free will, there's an opportunity for conflict, right? And as long as there's an opportunity for conflict, then there's an opportunity for bad things to happen, um, you know, between people. 
as long as we can make those choices, right? So then we we can actually use that free will. Say like, okay, I'm I'm actively choosing to go down the path that you know Jesus taught us, right? So these guidelines that we have from the Bible that say to exactly what you said, right? Treat others the way you want to be treated. Love your neighbor as you love yourself is the is the Christian version of that phrase, right? And so choosing to go down that path, right? That's sort of an opportunity. Um, and who knows, right? I mean, there's there's so many bad things that are going on in the world at any given time. There's a lot of good things going on in the world too. So along the lines of your original question, yep. why are there so many different versions of this of this story, yep. right? And historically, we didn't even have monotheistic religions. We had these polytheistic religions, um, like your your Greek mythology, and then the monotheistic came along, you know, only within the past what two thousand years or something like that. Um, and I think that part of that can present sort of an opportunity again, right? Different people are going to sort of vibe with different religions or different spiritualities better. Some things are going to make more sense to people than others. Faith needs to be intentional, yeah. right? For it to really be effective. I think that maybe having those different choices sort of forces a little bit more intentional action in your faith. And there is a there is an exclusivist version of Christianity that says everything else is wrong. Yeah. And then there's just normal, I don't know, what non-exclusivist Christianity which says that um you know, you can still get into heaven even if you're not a Christian. Right. And I think most religions have a version like that. Um right, there's the exclusivist version which is if you're not, you know, if you're not a Muslim then you can't get into Whatever the Muslim version of heaven is, I'm I'm terrible. Which is I very similar to Christianity, I assume. Yeah, yeah. right. They're both Abrahamic <laughs> religions. Yeah. They they are extremely similar. I mean, they have the same angel. Right. Uh, you know, they're they're descended from the same Abraham guy. They're yeah. they're extremely similar religions. Yeah. yeah. I recently learned this that you know Allah, uh, basically means God in in Arabic. Mm-hmm. So basically, if you're if you're a Christian or a Muslim, you say the same Allah. <laughs> You do. You, you yeah. say the same thing. Yeah. yeah. It's pretty interesting. Yeah. Sorry. Yeah, uh, I just want to ask this a little bit deeper, dig this a little bit yeah. deeper, if I may. Um, so I think I heard this argument before, basically, almost like this is a test, right? Why there is evil in the world, why there is uh, Satan even, is because it's a test for humanity and we're granted free will. So it's a test trial almost. Um, mm-hmm. So forgive my profanity. Um, that sounds that <laughs> sounds very manip- manipulative from from God and also so like how do you think of this argument? Um, God is like triple A, right? It means she's all good, uh, all loving, and all powerful. Um, in in the Christian definition of God, I find it's hard to believe. Like if if there's already a standard of all good, which is God, why can't God just make us the same as Him? Why are we banished? Uh, to the state of uh, inferior quality, almost like right, like we we do evil uh, amongst ourselves, we we destroy the environment. Why can't we just be raised to the same standard as God Himself or herself? I don't know uh, itself. Mm-hmm. Um, then we can be all happy and 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 all loving and all good, just like God God Himself. Why why can that um, be done? 
That's that's a really good question, Seed, and I don't I don't have an answer. Um, but I, you know, from my perspective, it's along the same lines of, of what you were saying, right? We yeah. have this free will, and as long as we have free will, um, then you know that's that's kind of like how it can be sort of this this test. Yeah. Um, I think that. Yeah, it's very. It's a really good question. It's a really good question. I mean, I thought about this. Is like, like I said, I would, I would try really hard to buy into this when I was yeah. younger. <laughs> um, but like you know, nowadays I think, like I said, my only weapon is logic. Uh, you know, if I try to reasoning through this, but this is probably beyond us. Um, so yeah, I was so. gonna say if we have any philosophy friends listening to this podcast, <laughs> yeah. uh, hit up Hanson and Seed, yeah. and I let them know. I'm sure there's some sort of philosophy that that tries to address this. Yeah, yeah. So Seed, if I can put my two cents in here, right? Sure. Um, I think I have my own way of explaining this, if you will. What you're describing is a version of the problem of evil, right? Yes. It's the it's the question of why evil and suffering exists. If the yes. God, if such a God exists, that is omnipotent omnibenevolent and yes. omniscient, right? Yes, so all knowing, exactly. all good and all capable. Yes. Uh, you know, from in programmer lingo, right? Since we work in tech, it's if you have full privilege to the system, why even run a simulation just to get to a good outcome if you can just set the state to the good outcome and just be over with it? Why yep. make this whole process and, and have people suffer, right? Yes. Um, that's a really, really old problem. Yes. And a lot of philosophers have spent their lives trying to answer it. So I'm yeah. not expecting us to have a perfect answer. But I think it, the key does come back to a couple of things. One, uh, my understanding of the Christian faith is that, you know, what you described was the original state. When God first created humans, we were happy in the Garden of Eden, right? Everything was perfect. Everything was good. Until we committed the original sin of stealing fruit, right? We were not supposed to have the forbidden fruit. And we did. Um, and that was the original thing that set everything in motion that we fell out of. We got kicked out of this perfect state of being. Um, and this w is our punishment in a way, right? That we need to find our way back. And my understanding of religion is that it, it's, it's comforting to have this almost parental, like uh, paternalistic figure, right? To say like, no, no, all of this stuff, all of this suffering, all of these religions and spiritualities try to answer that question, right? Because we have this existential dread as human beings. We need to know, why does it hurt? Why does it suck to exist? Why does everything have to die and end? And it is a very uh, attractive thing for us to have a story that explains it, right? And um, maybe I'm a little overly cynical, but you know, logically speaking, like we want that. That's a very attractive feature of any belief system, that your struggle means something. It's not just meaningless pain. Um, and, you know, the story goes, we made a mistake. God is this paternalistic figure that knows best. We must trust that God is all-knowing, all-good, and all-capable. So then you must put the reason above your own capability of reasoning and say like, that you cannot use the tools of logic to yeah. explain what cannot be explained. Yeah. That there is a plan. We are, we are not capable of understanding, but it doesn't mean that there isn't a plan. Yeah. Right. Like if we were children, when we were children, we weren't able to understand everything our parents did. There were punishments. There were hardships that our parents probably could have shielded us away from. But in the end, when you look back, you think, wow, I'm really glad my, my mom or my dad made me do that. That really benefited me in the long run. And 
you know, in a way, I can see that being a very good way to to understand why evil exists in the world because it serves a purpose that we simply cannot attempt to understand. Yeah, I think that's the only that's my current. I mean, that's my only way to to basically uh, argue for this. I I would say like what you said kind of explain why does religion fr- from a perspective from atheists like what you said made sense to justify why religion exists not necessarily answer the question for example like uh, if you would take any a out of the triple a uh, the story makes sense right like you know we were originally we were originally happy eternally but we make some mistake so we get punished if god is not all powerful uh, or or capable yeah then you know we have to do something to get back to that status but if uh, God is truly all capable, we can skip that step, step right? Um, also, it's interesting that you mentioned the, um, you know, it's like a paternal love almost. Um, but the love, our love for our parents don't come from nowhere. If my, um, if my father or my mother keeps abusing me every single day, I don't think I would love them, right? It's because they raised me. Um, you know, they give birth to me. That that's one thing. It's uh, a huge thing. Uh, but also, um, I have the privilege to go to United United for school, paid by them. Right? It's because they've done those things for me. Um, I internalized the love, so I love them back. Um, and it's hard for me to, like I said, to take a leap of faith to just believe to some in myself to to God when I see no action of loving me maybe it's already there right maybe all those things are done by god but i just no i'm not lucky enough to uh to feel that i guess yeah yeah man i i hear that it's this is a really good conversation guys um there's a couple of things that i've thought about as as we're going through this right so have you um seed specifically have you heard of the story of job uh no can you explain that okay uh so it is Basically, Job is this guy in the Bible, and everything that could possibly go wrong uh, goes wrong for him. He, uh, you know, I don't remember specifics, but it's things like uh, he plants his crops, he prays to God, he's faithful to God, and then his crops all die, you know. And, uh, you know, maybe his family gets sick and dies. I mean, this everything that could possibly goes wrong goes wrong for Job. And, um, and he maintains his faith. The entire time uh that's the that's the story of job is about this unconditional faith yeah right so even though things are going really bad uh just maintain the faith and eventually you'll be rewarded and this is where you get into part of the tricks right well if the reward is heaven then in theory you could have a bad life your entire life <laughs> right. right you could have a bad life the entire time you're alive and then you could be rewarded in heaven um, and the ROI is still infinite because heaven is forever because heaven's forever. Yeah. And so that's, that's his whole thing. But that's, that's one thing about the story of Job. Another thing about your triple a concept. I really like that. Um, God hasn't always been omni benevolent. Mm. Um, so the old Testament is, there were all kinds of battles where God would support, um, the, the Jewish people and he would help them win battles. Right. So they would be they would be killing people. Right. And so God was a he was a force to be feared. Right. So you have to you have to um, fear your God. Right? right. That was that was a big thing in the Old Testament. 
New Testament, Jesus comes along. It's about forgiveness. It's about a loving God. Right, but this is this is the same guy, though. I mean, this is the same God. So it's <laughs> yeah. it's again one of those one of those contradictions. The last contradiction that I that I really like to point out is um, this this unconditional faith to an authority figure such as God. Right, when Jesus comes along, a ton of his teachings and his readings are all about challenging the existing Jewish authority. Um, they have all of these rules and laws about, you know, oh, you got to fast and do this and do that. And like, it's, it's probably like you can't eat pork, but like, you know, don't work on Sundays. There's like all these things. Right. And so he would get caught, you know, he would be, he'd be like walking around in the slums and he'd be healing people on a Sunday. And then the Jewish priest would come over and they'd be like, what are you doing? Working on a Sunday. That's bad. That's anti-God. <laughs> And he would be like, you guys are, are ridiculous, go away, um, <laughs> except in better words, right? Yeah. And so you have this balance of, <laughs> of accepting right. God as an authority figure with this unconditional love. And then Jesus teaching, which is, you know, in a lot of ways saying to challenge the yeah. authority figure, right? Make sure you under, where are these things coming from, right? Are, it's a, you don't want to be a hypocrite in your faith. Right. Yep. Yeah. That's, a, that's a really good point, Garrett. Um, I feel like today, maybe it's my bias. Uh, we have this impression, I have this impression, especially of the Christianity faith, that it's a very kindness-based, very love-based religion. Mm -hmm. It's all about yeah. unconditional love for every everyone, right? For each other, for God. Sure, that's the teachings of Jesus, yep. Right, but when you, when you look at the Old Testament especially, God is to be feared. And a lot of religious people yeah. to this day, like sometimes I come across videos and stuff, still tell people right sometimes it'll be an angry congregation of people and saying like we need to let our opponents we need to put the fear of god in our opponents right and it he's a right. force to be feared he i mean he drowned pretty much the entire planet extinguished almost every species in the time of noah right like because uh, he did yeah. not like what people did that is not all <laughs> benevolent right like I, if i were I mean, anything but a sea creature. I'd be pretty unhappy about just being wiped <laughs> out because someone else misbehaved, right? So, see, that that's a God I can understand. <laughs> you know, yeah, that, that, that's a God. Right. That, that's a God. You know, I, I can buy in. So, you know, there are certain rules. You know, don't don't uh, don't make the guy angry, <laughs> and I can I can live by that. Um, but right, your triple A concept. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's actually this is a little bit irrelevant, but you know, sometimes I wonder if, say, you know. Um, religions are right and God exists and you know what if God is not constant uh, one big problem in physics that we can't understand is where does dark energy come from why did the universe inflate in the be beginning phases right we can't understand that and recently there's a huge issue in the scientific community some new papers came out and our measurements of the Hubble constant which predicts how fast the universe expands are off yeah one based on the cosmic, uh, cosmic microwave background, one based on current measurements of how far certain variables are from us. And, you know, what one theory that's coming out is what if those universal constants aren't constant to begin yeah. with? We're just so temporary, momentary in, in our existence that we can't observe the ev evolution of things. So, you know, by the same logic, you could say, what if God changed? What is to say that God is not capable of changing? What if he went from someone who's a little or you know some being that is a little more vengeful or a little more strict to you know a, a much more loving figure uh, and maybe he would change again i mean 
it's it's by definition above what we could understand right which is part of the the uh kind of sort of paradox or mystery of faith yeah right and it yeah which is it just goes back back in circles that's a really cool concept though hansen i like god is typically depicted as you know sort of a human form mm-hmm. right and a father a father figure right uh more recently with a lot of the you know uh lgbtq plus and sort of uh the the liberal the liberal movements you know well people say well why is god he what like where where does it say that god has to be a he why can't god be a woman why can't god be something else why does god have a gender a lot of it's up for interpretation if it helps you if you have a stronger faith and you're better at following the teachings of jesus by believing that god is a she I mean, I personally don't have a problem with it. I'm also not a religious scholar or priest or anything, but I think that's great because I think the teachings of Jesus are pretty good. You know, it's like, be a good person, etc. That should be a t-shirt. Be a good person, etc. Etc. Cool. So we've just heard about uh, Christianity in the US and how that is affecting society and affecting our opinions um, on different issues and also uh, a nice mention of the problem of evil and how we can make sense of uh, different uh, religious concepts. I would love to change our perspective a little bit and ask Seed a little bit more about religions and maybe even specifically Christianity in China. Um, can you tell us a little bit more about you know, how religions have evolved in China? So the consensus is uh, Christianity first appeared in China during the early days of Tang Dynasty. Uh, which is around 1,500 years ago. The first emperor of Tang, uh, one of the most famous emperor, Li Shiming, held a reception of a minister from uh, Persia. The introduced branch of Christianity was later called Jinjiao in Chinese. Um, I think it's a sector of Christianity where they do not subscribe to the Holy Trinity. So they believe Jesus uh, is a human being and God is God. The minister was given a name by the emperor Alobun, which uh, literally translates to God sent. However, Christianity never managed to become uh, mainstream in Tom. Uh, I think Taoism was the most popular religion then. In Ming Dynasty around 500 years ago, so a thousand years from Tom, the last emperor Ming uh, was the first and the only baptized uh, Chinese emperor. His Christian name was Constantine Zhu. Uh, so Zhu is the last name of all the emperors in, in Ming Dynasty. During the last year of his reign, he famously wrote a letter to the Pope asking for help because he was about to be defeated by the rebel. Um, the Pope did receive the letter and even replied, but the response arrived 10 years late. <laughs> Today you can find... You can still find a letter in Vatican Museum uh, from a humble Chinese emperor, Constantine Zhu. So nowadays, um, there is around 20 million Christians, uh, including Puritan and Catholic, uh, excluding the Eastern Orthodox uh, in China, which is around 1.4% of the 1.4 billion uh, population. Uh, There are around 30k officially recognized churches uh, with no tax exemption status. In terms of a whole religious saying, uh, majority people identify 
as atheists. Uh, 7.8% describe themselves as Buddhists. 4.7% as Taoists. And the third most popular religion uh, is Christianity, with the 1.4%. Right. So we're talking about 1.4% people uh, being Christian versus over half being Christian in the U.S. So we're talking about more than one order of magnitude, right? So it, it's, it exists, and it's a relevant amount of people, 20 million, right? It's not a small number, but proportionately in society, they're much, much less dominant um, yep. than in, you know, Western culture. One thing to, to, to say, though, it's, uh, it's official number given by the government. I, I think it's uh, underestimating how many people are not really officially recognized as, as Christian, but practicing. Right. So that brings us to a, an interesting topic, as you were mentioning before, right, that there is a uh, officially recognized number of churches that are legally practicing. Right. Now, uh, something that I think we read about in the West quite a bit yeah. are how Chinese governments can regulate religion. But, you know, in the U.S., in the West, I can't speak for the West in general, religions are quite unregulated. Uh, you can practice whatever you want for the most part. Whereas in China, uh, I can think of a few examples of um, what some in the West would consider religions being recognized as cults and being essentially like uh, outlawed. And, you know, you could you could get in trouble for practicing certain beliefs. I mean, I think you should if you're practicing cult. I mean, that's a that's a good thing to to be uh, regulated, I would argue. Um, so, I mean, in the Constitution, um, religion is deemed as something you can practice freely. If religion ever gets in the way of overthinking the government, you're in trouble. Or, as a matter of fact, no matter what gets in the way of um, the current structure of the society, uh, you will be banned, uh, essentially, right? And religion is no, no difference. Yeah. But it, it's, it's legal to practice religion, essentially, yeah. Right, so the government uh, gives you sort of state-sanctioned ways of practicing religion, uh, but it is yeah. sort of a gatekeeper to what it what the government recognizes as a legitimate religion versus a cult. Yeah, it reserves the right to, uh, to say, you know, whether you are um, a cult or not. Here's something that I was thinking about. So I grew up Christian, right? Uh, my mom grew up Christian. My grandma grew up Christian, uh, right? I have a, a long history of Catholics in my family. And sometimes I think about what, uh, you know, your nature versus nurture versus et cetera. I could very easily have grown up um, operating under Christian principles and Christian behaviors without ever even going to church in theory, just because I was, you know, raised by my family who, who grew up on that. So I, uh, I would like you to comment on sort of how do you think, uh, you know, behaviors and belief sort of interacts with you and, and your family and other families in China. Yeah. Yeah, that's a very interesting, interesting idea. Um, uh, like Hansen mentioned, in a society, there needs to be a way to organize people. There needs to be a, a, a story that people believe in, right? Christianity is one story in Western societies for a thousand years, at least. Uh, if you look at China, I think it's a mixture of things. There's never an official belief that lasted for that long. Uh, people like to, Chinese people like to think uh, 儒释道, 
So Ru is Confucius. Shi is Buddhism. Dao is Taoism. Uh, people think it's a mixture of those things we believe in. Um, but I think it comes down to Chinese people focus a lot about family. Um, and essentially, it's uh, ancestor worship. Uh, so there is a stereotype that, you know, ancient, uh, there is this wise, old uh, Asian man, uh, right, mm-hmm. can, can tell you the truth of life. That stereotype <laughs> is essentially based on this uh, ancestor worship. Um, you know, Hanson knows every time you go back to China for a spring festival, right? The first thing you do before you, um, before you start eating is to uh, say, oh, thanks for the ancestors uh, for our life right now. You know, and this is reserved for you before we eat, right? Um, so things like, so I think growing up, like similar to you, I learned a lot of how my family handled things. Even though there's a lack of church, um, there's still a sense of community. I think hold it uh, by those traditions, right? There's no, right. there's no like all beloved, all powerful gods that bond us together. But there's still this story that uh, Chinese people are so-called Long De Chuanren, which means uh, the, I guess, the posterities of, of of dragon. Similar to you, Chinese people also like to be, or in my case, uh, I also subscribe to this idea. We have a long lineage of traditions. Right, even though it's not a religious context, but it's still a nice story that people subscribe to. Very cool. Yeah, yeah, that's that's really cool, and that's definitely different, right? The uh, it's I like your use of the word worship, right? Your ancestor worship, um, right? It's sort of this this respect, you know, to your ancestor, your family. Yeah, yeah, and that's uh, that's a huge part of uh, Chinese culture and a lot of similar cultures to the Chinese culture, right? A lot of East Asian cultures uh, have those undertones. And um, uh, one belief, I think it might be Confucius, uh, that my parents, especially my dad, told me about quite a bit growing up, was this concept of the saying uh, in Chinese called um, It means if you prosper, then improve the world. Uh, If you don't, then improve yourself. So essentially, it's the idea that you're supposed to strive and be the best you can be. Given your circumstances, you may or may not become very successful. But it is within your duty to improve what you can. So if you're capable, improve it for everyone else. If you cannot, at least be a good person. And that's a, that's just a cultural saying? Or is that from any specific uh, kind of, I don't want to say religion, but... It's Confucius, but it's from, I think, Shang Shu, which is like, uh, it's not the Analects, but, you know, Confucius writings, like, belong to that school of thoughts. Mm-hmm. Like, a, a, another famous version of that um, phrase is called, mm-hmm. which basically outlines the steps you should carry out as a citizen, which means, uh, which means improve yourself. Chijia means uh, find a family, uh, build a family. Zhiguo uh, means build the nation, right? Become a government official, whatever, contribute to your nation. Ping uh, Tianxia, uh, which means unify uh, the whole world, whatever, right? You know, pros- uh, make the whole thing, make the whole earth prosper, whatever. So it even gives you uh, specific steps you should carry out, uh, which is pretty interesting. Yeah. That's super cool. I, I like comparing that to. Sort of the Ten Commandments, which are all uh, negative 
differently oriented, right? It's uh, don't do this, don't do that, don't do this. Yeah. <laughs> uh, right. Yeah. That's that's really cool how how you guys have as like no no it's positive reinforcement. Do this, do that. Right. That's cool. At least in the context of of Christianity and other religions, people think um, we are born with a sin, right? So we are sinful when we enter the world, right? Which means our nature are bad. We need to be, like you said, don't do something, right? But in a lot of um, traditional Chinese philosophy, especially Confucius, um, we assume the intentions of human beings are good. Our nature is good. We just need to reinforce uh, those natures. That's not entirely true for other traditions in, in China, but in Confucius, it's logically true. Yeah, yeah there's that saying, Ren zhi chu, xing ben shan, yeah. uh, is a very famous... I guess the first opening paragraph to a very famous um, Sun Ziqing. Yeah. Right. Uh, yeah. Chinese literature. I, I don't yeah. know how to translate it, but yeah. uh, it, it, it literally means at the beginning of a man or of a person, um, their nature is good. Yeah. The, the end result depends on your education of a person, but the person's yeah. nature is good um, yeah. by, by birth. I feel the, the deeper question here, the even deeper question here is essentially how do you derive morality from nothingness right like it's very easy to be explaining religion if you have a faith that you know this god defines a set of th set of rules that you should follow if you betray from those rules you are living a straight life you're not moral right that's very clear cut mm -hmm. at least on paper right obviously it's not really <laughs> clear cut if you look at the, the, the history of christianity but if there isn't a god as we know it, how do you derive those set of rules? You know, who, if we were all human beings, uh, you know, essentially have the same set of uh, apparatus, how do you define what's moral, right? Who, who are you saying to, to judge, I'm not doing the right thing, right? I think mm -hmm. that's a very fair question. Um, going beyond ethics, right? Ethics is, is a set of rules that's benefiting the society. But if we're talking about morality, it's the absolute right and wrong it's really hard to uh, grasp uh, with our mind yeah that's that's a good question yeah i mean as far as i was trying to think about it without religion and without something there i th i think it kind of depends on your own personal perspective of pain right so what what hurts and that's kind of putting yourself in someone else's shoes so you know being yep. able to predict a situation and saying like you know wow like if uh if someone beat me up that would that would hurt a lot so it's and i don't know if that's morality here right if, but it would be like wow maybe i shouldn't just go you know beat up this person for no good reason because it would it would hurt a lot and you can imagine that um and then maybe someone with uh with a different perception of pain could interpret that differently so that sort of in order for people to collectively have the same morality in absence of anything else you 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 kind of rely on uh, humans to all have similar concepts of suffering. Yeah, I think that's what uh, David Hume is essentially trying to argue, where uh, morality is coming from 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 sympathy. I think. Uh, oh, from sympathy. Uh, yeah. yeah. Another another interesting. Uh, I, I don't know if it's a philosopher, but Sam Harris, uh, who also does a podcast, but you know he he also wrote a book about this this uh, question where. Similar to, to, to your argument, you know, uh, 
we can agree on, like the starting point, right? We need to find a starting point if there's no religion, if there's no God telling us what's right or wrong. Uh, we can't start with suffering is not good. <laughs> that's, the, right. that's, that's the starting point, right? If, if we, we can all agree on that, that's the, the or, origin of um, how we build up this complex construct known as morality. Um, yeah. That is, this is a very deep conversation. Um, that was cool. Yeah. Yeah. I like it. Well, thank you guys so much uh, for coming to this episode. And uh, yeah, Gary, you got to let us know when your uh, new albums and singles are dropping. Yeah. yeah uh, we all love singing. Uh, so, I mean, hopefully one day we can get together and sing. Uh, I mean, I only how to know sing uh, Chinese songs. Uh, although I'm criticized by Hanson, that's that's fake. But uh, <laughs> uh, was, I mean, what you say makes sense. Like you can you can speak English, uh, you can sing, <laughs> you can definitely sing English songs. You just choose not to. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but yeah, 